Hello and welcome to the Gay Watch Cast. I am your host, Norman Sanzo, and today joining me is Wilson. Hi. So, in today's episode, we kind of delve into one of my newer decks. It is uh, Tatiova Benet. How do you say? Bentic Druid. Yes, Bentic Druid. So, what it is is a tree and green, green blue. blue. A legendary creature, Merfolk Druid. Whenever a land enters the battlefield, under your control, you gain one life and draw a card. So, it's a simple legendary card. Uh, it's kind of a lands matter deck. And, well, uh, Wilson, wh- why, why don't I give this to you? Yeah, today I'll be interviewing Norman this time, like mm-hmm. how Norman interviewed Adam. Mm-hmm. So, you introduce your commander, so I'll just ask, what's, uh, what's in your deck and why did you build it? Well, first thing with why did I build it is because I wanted to play a Simic Commander. Like, I've built Rakdos, Mardu, Five Colors, Boros. And, yeah, Boros, and so on. I mean, I've built most of them, and I've always am interested in Simic, but I never found the perfect Commander, or I never hmm. found a feel for just building one until I got these three cards. But... Uh, the reason why is because okay um <laughs> it's kind of stupid really but the three cards that i wanted to build the deck for is because of uh, dryad arbor dryad arbor is a land creature forest dryad uh, one one there's no cost because it's a creature land the other is intrudalam it's a two and blue enchantment creatures don't untap during their controller's untap step Whenever a creature comes into play, untap all creatures. And the last one is Squirrel's Nest. It's 1 and 2 green. Uh, enchantment Aura, Enchant Land. Enchant Land has tap create a 1-1 one, one green squirrel creature token. So, it's an infinite co- combo then? Yes, but technically I don't have anything to win with. There's no visible win con. The only thing I can think of is just create 9,999 squirrels and swing oh, that's on the enough. next turn. Oh, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, but it's on the next turn, so it's a really slow deck. Well, that's good enough. So, um, what's the goal of the deck, to be honest? Well, the goal here is, since it's playing Tatiova, it's basically land matters. So, play cards that has land for uh, a lot of decking out and stuff so the other few win cons is life mad a laboratory maniac oh man I have it in here it's one of those things that I forgot to pull out but do you remember what life mad is? yeah lab maniac is a two two and a blue it's a legendary uh, no it's a creature human wizard it says if you were to draw your card and you have no cards in your library you'll win the game instead yep so that's one of the win conditions for this deck in terms of not doing anything so <laughs> So I, I just put it in here so that I could deck myself out, but it's not really the end goal. Okay. Te- technically, the goal for the deck is just to put out squirrels. Like, you know the meme? Um, 15 squirrels is just enough to... Block an Emrakul? Yeah. <laughs> yes, Emrakul dies to squirrels. Okay. <laughs> yes. So uh, what are the key cards in your deck? Well, the key card here is the, the idea for this deck is usually to ramp in hard. Like, on turn... Five or oh no, not even turn five. It's like on turn three, you're supposed to try and get Tatiova out, and then from there on, just play stuff like uh, what's that? Burnish Heart, uh, Sakura Trap Elders, and whatsoever, just to pull out more lands from the deck. So whenever you put a land in, you draw a card, you gain one life. You put a land in, you draw one card, play life, and so on. So that's the cycle of the deck okay. in general. Uh, what synergies do you have? So synergies are, like I mentioned before, uh, landfalls, things that look for land or play with land. So uh, one of the cards is Crossroad Crufix. Crossroad Crufix is a 1 in 2 green... 2-4 two cent- hmm? Centaur. Ah, yes, 2-4 Centaur. Uh, whenever you gain, play a land, you gain a line, and you, you look at the t- uh, you play with your uh, deck review. Yeah. yeah. And then whenever you... You may play a land from the top of the library. Yeah, so basically, it's one of those cards where, okay, land comes in, there's something good happen. But the deck is not fully optimized, where it's supposed to be, how to put this, uh, maximized or very optimized in terms of play. Uh, I For this deck, I just put in a few cards here and there just because of the squirrel combo. 
Okay, uh, let me look at uh, some of the cards from your deck and I think the, these few cards are quite good from your deck. Uh, one of them is Abundance. Mm, yes. So uh, you, Abundance is 2 and a 2 green for enchantment. It says if you would draw a card, uh, you may name a card in a non-land or land card and you may look at the top cards of your library until you review a, the card that is the card you named and you may put it into your hand and put the others into the bottom of the library in a random order. Yeah. So I, I heard it's very synergistic with a Tatsuwa. Yeah, because here's the thing. Sometimes when you want lands and you don't draw a land, that's kind of sad and it's vice versa. So with Abundance, it helps you filter out the things that you need. Some, there's a pros and cons with Abundance because sometimes when you have like course of crucifix on top you already know what's there but you got no idea what's in the bottom two or three or so on so if you need something like okay i need more lands to uh, trigger a what um awaken or uh, sorry uh, avengers of zendikar or so on uh, you don't have it so it's going to be annoying so abundance helps you filter out the things that you need so if you need land okay i'll just say land Look, no land, no land, no land, and then land. So you just play it out with whatever and so on. Okay. So what about um, these cards that I see? Uh, World Shaper, Ravenap, and Ravenap Excavator. Both that are uh, Splendid Reclamation. Three of them care about the lands in your graveyard. What, uh, what's the deal with these three? So sometimes when you play lands like Evolving Wild, Thermophic Expanse, or even evolving wilds. Evolving. Did I, did I mention? No. no. Yeah, you yeah. just evolving mentioned terramorphic expanse. <laughs> evolving wild, terramorphic expanse, uh, ghostly quarters, okay. and so on. Or maybe a fetch line. You need a way to get them back, especially if your deck consists of a lot of basics, or maybe. You maybe if someone are Armageddon. Yeah, yeah, true, true. So you need a way to get them out. Uh, mm. For this deck, the reason why. Uh, these three cards are in is because of constant miss and constant miss is a uh, one in the green one, one in a green instant buy back sacrifice a land uh, creatures deal no combat damage this turn uh, if you've got no idea what buyback is uh, you may sacrifice a land in addition to any other cost you <laughs> any other cost when you play this spell if you do put constant miss into your hand instead of your grave as part of the spell effect so buyback is basically you can get it back to your hand um, the cost is to sacrifice the land others may be life others may be taking something from your opponent and so on <coughs> so buyback is essentially a your the constant miss is actually um, synergized with your lands because you can first um, use the buyback cost to mm -hmm. put your lands uh, sacrifice your land and then you may use Ravenet Lescarator to play your lands each turn yeah, or then, maybe Ward Shaper if there's an abundance of lands in your graveyard yeah, and then they will trigger Takiova and then you get one life control card and then the cycle kind of goes through there and then you won't get damage and so on uh, yeah so it stalls for, uh, you, for you to find your win cons your infinite combo or you maybe make your Avenger of Zendikar bigger then yeah, true. And also, it's a good card to make deals with because the the wording here is specific to creatures deal no combat damage this turn. So, let's just say if somebody wants to kill Wilson off with a 99 token combo strategy, whatever it is, I could just say, Wilson, I can help you, but what do I get in return? Yeah. Or maybe I just say, okay, I'm just feeling generous. Or Maybe he owes me as well. Yeah. Or maybe the person there swinging in has a Biden of Tassar uh, and if the creature hits he gets to draw his whole deck maybe you do not want that so this kind of prevents that true true so um, what are the cards that I see right here um, let, can you explain to me the concept for Into the Wilds okay Into the Wilds is a enchantment for tree and green at the beginning of your upkeep look at the top card of your library if it's a land card, you may put it onto the battlefield. I mean, it speaks for itself, but the idea for Into the Wilds is on the upkeep, you take a look-see. If it's a land, you play it, triggering Taktiova, drawing a card, and gaining a life. And then on the draw step, you draw another card. 
And if it's a land, you can play a land like normal for the turn. So it revolves all around lands for this deck. So your deck is uh, all about ramping or more all about uh, playing the lands even faster then? It's, it's a split between land matters and ramp because ramp is there just to pull out big creatures. But the big creatures in this deck are just like Avengers of Zendikar and so on. I didn't really build this deck in terms of its full potential. The idea was just to pull out squirrels. I mean, <laughs> honestly, I could have done better with uh, putting the combo into another deck, maybe a Kenrith deck or so on. But like I mentioned before, I wanted to play a Simic build. And I could have gone with... Uh, Crufix? Crufix? Crufix, uh, the god of horizons. Yeah, yeah I, I could go on with her, but instead I kind of wanted to have that draw engine or draw potential because if you have it on a commander, it's available anytime. True, true. Crufix is not bad in terms of it being a commander, but it's not the goal for this deck. True. So uh, let's talk about these two cards. Uh, Wood Elves and Sky Shocking. As I can see, it says uh, you may look for a forest yes. and put it on the battlefield. So for Sky Shock Claim, it's three and a green sorcery. Search your library for two forest cards, put them onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. And as for Wood Elves, it's a two and a green creature, Elf Scout, one one. When wolf, wood elf enters, right? Wood, wood elf, yes. Uh, enters the battlefield, search your library for a forest card and put that card onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. So these two cards is essentially trying to get out the dry arbor, dry arbor out because since it is a forest card, so these two can target the card. So essentially, it looks for your combo piece then. Yes, but it's kind of one of the scenarios where. The other two don't get a tutor or try to get them out fast. So, it's, like I mentioned before, the deck is not fully optimized. It's just me being silly and trying to pull out squiddles. <laughs> well, I actually see a few a few cards left uh, that really sparked my interest. Uh, one of them, uh, the big card, mm. Motani Yam Yavimaya's Avatar. So, what does that do? So, anyway. Uh, Multani is a 4 and 2 green legendary creature, elemental avatar. It has reach and trample. Uh, whenever Multani gets, sorry, Multani gets a plus 1 plus 1 for each land you control and each land in your graveyard. It has pay 1 and a green, return 2 land cards you control to their owner's hand. Return Multani from your grave to your hand. So essentially, this is one of the big creatures that is there to quote-unquote win the game or protect you and since land matters you can have this creature grow to a maximum potential of 38 and why 38 because those are number of cards in my deck or lands in my deck oh so you play 38 deck lands. yes which is not optimized for the deck usually when you're playing tatlova you should play around 40 to 42 lands Okay, so next is gonna be well, I think this card is things for itself. Sakani Rip, uh, removal for your opponents. Mm -hmm. And what about Avenger of Zendikar? I mentioned before, it's one of those big hitters that kind of is there just to create a bot presence and kind of win the game by swinging into people. So if you've got no idea what Avenger of Zendikar is, it's a 5 and 2 green creature elemental with 5-5. Five five. Whenever Avenger of Zendika enters the battlefield, create a 0-1 green plant token creature for each land you control. So if you have 10, you create 10 uh, 0-1 green plants. And then it has landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, you may put a plus 1 plus 1 counter on each plant creature you control. So it synergizes well with the deck because if you have 10 plants and you play two lands you get two three plants and so on and if you swing them out they can be very devastating okay so this is the last card that i'm interested in and i do not know why this card is in your deck um, the last card is seedborn muse so please explain to the viewers so okay seedborn i think we talked about this one before right yeah seedborn muse yeah, you, we, we, it, some, some people didn't watch it before, okay, so maybe so we can talk about Seabon it. Seabon Muse is a 3 and 2 green creature spirit. 
uh, with two and four. It has untap all permanents you control during each other player's untap step. So, they the idea for this one is just to have blockers or untap manas to use stuff. And with the deck, there's a lot of instant here that kind of helps you pull out lands. So those lands come in play untapped. So that's the negative side of most of the tutored lands. And yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. with, with the deck here, if I have a thousand squirrels swinging in and I have no protection, that's going to be bad. But in honesty, I just could make more. But no, <clears throat> the idea is, okay, have Seaborn Muse untapped and help me block later on or help me do something later on. Okay, okay. So, uh, I think that's all for your deck. Am I right? Mm-hmm. Is there any other uh, synergies that you think are important to your deck? Mm, I, I think there's one here. It's a pretty old... Not really old. It's from Dominaria. It's one of the elves. Yeah. This is this one. Lanora Scout. Okay. So, Lanora Scout is a one in a green elf scout creature. Uh, tap. You may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. And it's a one tree. Ah, so if you use this, you put a land in the into play. Then you may put your land. You may activate Tatiova's uh, ability. Okay, and draw a card. That seems so good. Basically, this helps in because you can only play one land per turn. And yeah, sometimes if you don't have any ways to put more lands in, like Azusa, so this guy helps a bit. Okay, the next card you gave me is a Psychosis Trawler. It's a 5 for a star star. It's an artifact creature horror. It says uh, this card's power and toughness are equal to the number of cards in your hand. And whenever you draw a card, each opponent loses one life. So what this means is whenever you draw a card with Tatiova's ability, um, you get to drain your opponent for one. Am I right? Yes, yes. And mm, this is good. It, it synergizes well with the idea that I have. And since, okay... Uh, I think the biggest guns for this deck would be the Avenger of Zetikar, Multani, and also Psychosis Crawler, based on how many cards you have in your hand. So, with this three on board, I'm going to be the biggest threat and I can swing in safely. Uh, maybe not for Avengers, because Avengers, the idea for him is just to ask my little plant tokens to swing in. Okay, so do you have a um, Our Promise instead? Our Promise? No, I don't. Uh, no worries, no worries. I think there's a lot of improvement in your deck that you can play. Mm-hmm. Although I'm pretty sure you just uh, randomly put the cards in that really that it, depends on the lands, right? It's that and also it's one of those things where I try and build it to synergize with what I have. And this is technically model or this is technically build number one. Okay. Still in alpha, so today is going to be, or tonight actually, is going to be its test run. So uh, let me ask you, what do you think you would change in your deck? What would you put? What cards would you put in? In all honesty, if I want to go serious with this deck, I'll remove the squirrel combo. The no, no, no. Keep com- the squirrel combo. The, cor- the squirrel combo is good. But, nah, but if in all honesty, if it were me and I want to make this deck a threat, or not really threat, just viable as a fight I'll, I'll remove the squirrel combo add in two or four more lands mostly basic because I, I won't say this deck is on a budget but basic lands are kind of easy to get out in and out because True. you have a lot of cards that help you find basic lands True. like we mentioned before Evolving Wilds Arm of Expanse uh, what's the other one uh, there is one I forgot I'm uh, it's not Multani. Uh, it's it's a really good one. Uh, I forgot, but ah, uh, Myriad <laughs> Landscape. Ah, uh, Myriad Landscape. A land card. It says when it enters the battlefield, tap and tap it for one colors, or you may pay two and tap it and sacrifice this card. Search your library for up to two basic lands that share a land type. Put that onto the battlefield, tap, and then shuffle your library. Yep. So, like having those kind of cards in here does help the process of getting more lands in and triggering Tatiova, drawing more cards, getting more life. So that's how the deck is revolved. But tonight or today, I'm going to try and see 
how it works in a real game. Well, I would suggest you to keep your um, infinite combo because sometimes you need the infinite combo to face off against people who play like a Ulamog, a Fosilek, mm. maybe the new Emrakul. Stuff that has very big protection and sometimes you need to go wide instead of going tall. Mm. But my suggestion is to just put that, keep that and maybe just add some more RAM because uh, one of your wing cons is Lab, Lab Maniac and one of your other wing cons is your Avenger of Zenicar so maybe a recursion, recursion is good. I think I saw a regrowth in your... Yeah, there is a regrowth and there is a, a few more cards in terms of um, getting stuff back into the deck. Uh, there is... Oh man. Ah, Predator's Council. Uh, 5 and 3 green sorcery. Return all cards from your graveyard to your hand and exile this card. You have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. This is a good card because it first off it gives you a re permanent reliquary tower effect and it allows you to return all your cards from your graveyard into your hand instead of the, just the library. And the second card you gave me is Elixir or Elixir of Immortality, a one mana artifact. You may pay two and tap this. You gain five life and you shuffle Elixir of Immortality and your graveyard into your the owner's library. So these two are the cards that re allow you to put back your cards into your hand or your library, right? Yeah, so it helped me recur again and again. Uh, let's just say if I have uh, 10 cards or maybe 20 cards in my hand and then somebody plays a windfall, I need to dump 20 cards and draw 20 cards back. True. But if I have a combo piece inside the grave that I need to get it out somehow, I have those two to help me get them out. Well, I think you should play Windfall on your own so you can play it with Psychosis Crawler. Ah, that is true. That is true. Okay, so uh, you do you have any cards that allow you to play more than one land per turn? I just remembered that I have this guy in and then that's the only one I have. Oh, okay. So you have Wayward Sword 2. A 2 and a green, a 5-5, five, five, Creature Dinosaur as Ascent. If you have 10 or more permanents, permanents, you get the City's Blessing for the rest of the game and you may pay an additional land on each of your turns. And Wayward Sword 2 can't attack or block unless you have the City's Blessing. So the Ascend and the City's Blessing don't really matter much to your deck. Mm -hmm. I think you really care, just care about the lands. Mm -hmm. But I think it's also a good blocker for you because it's a 5-5. Yeah, true that. And essentially, it synergizes well with Tatiova because you can take the land per turn. So that's always fun. So I think you need Azusa in your deck and mm -hmm. maybe the Sakura Tribe Scout and the... Um, what do you call that? The Dry of Elysian Grove? The new card from Theros Beyond Death, the rare? Yeah, I, I, I thought I do have him, but I thought about it and not really because. Okay, uh, having the first part of the ability is great, but the rest in the bottom there is not really needed in this deck. Like, yeah, I, I can play extra card, another land on the turn, but. You kind of need to have more lands in your hand and sometimes you don't really have five lands in your hand to abuse the ability. Well actually we will usually abuse it with your Ramina Excavator, Wayward Sword Tooth and maybe extra land cards and to use maybe Ghost Quarter on your opponents. Mm, true. Yeah, uh, in, in a CDH game I tried to uh, play Ramina Excavator with a, a cards that allow me to play land, keep playing lands and then I keep uh, strip mining my opponents. Ah until they did not have enough base lands. Yeah, but, but that's the thing because um, that's in a CDH format. But if you're playing casually... Uh, yeah, you land don't need to be that um, aggressive. Yeah, but land destruction is a big no-no. Um, I, I think we can talk about those kind of things in a future episode because it is an interesting topic. Yeah, true. So, um, th I think that's all for your deck, am I right? Or do you have anything else uh, of worth noting in your deck? For now, no, because that's about it. I mean, like I mentioned before, the deck is kind of in its pre-alpha, so I do want to test it out tonight and see how it works and how it goes, and maybe I'll record it next week. But I'm happy with the build now, but I got no idea how is it going to perform in a real game with other people. Okay, so... um. I think that's all for the this deck right now. Yeah. So let's jump into our next topic. Alright, and what would that be? Proxies. Proxies, alright. So 
proxies. Everyone knows about proxies. What do you think? What do you? What is the definition of proxies? Proxy. So, uh, if I do understand right, a proxy is a card. Sorry, <laughs> a proxy is a card that is not real or that is kind of printed out to be represent the real card. I mean, I guess. This one. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, it's either we use the proxies for cards that we actually have, but we don't want to use them. And let's say in my case, I have a time twister, but I do not want to use it, and it's legal ETH, but I'm going to proxy it instead because I do not want the card to be something like damaged. Mm-hmm. Like I have a friend who also uses a, who has a mana crypt, but because his mana crypt is the original version, he does not want to use it, so he just prints up a copy of mana crypt. Sometimes you can use proxies for to protect your cards. Sometimes maybe you have you want you have multiple decks that want to use that card. So in and instead of exchange here and there, you may use the proxy instead. But some people like maybe want to make alters for it and just proxy first proxy the card and then maybe alter the card. True. True. So uh, what do you think about proxies? Is it is it should proxies be allowed in EDH groups? And here's the thing. Um, for proxies, it's usually the playgroup's standpoint because you need to have talk with the playgroup first True. to see how their standing are because personally for me I use proxies on cards that I have one copy of but multiple but needed in multiple decks uh, let's just say a good example would be uh, Redalcon Ori uh, that card by itself is really good in almost all of the decks that you want to put them in but because of the cost, it's too expensive and the availability that it's not easy to get. So you kind of need to have a proxy or you can do a proxy of it. So for me, personally for me, I say proxies are good as long as the group agrees with it. Okay. Okay. Uh, what do you think about people who proxy cards that they do not have? That, that is a grey line for me. I mean... I can understand why you want to try it out first. For me, it's one of those things where, okay, you can do the proxy first just to test out a card that you're on the edge. Like, you're not really sure if you want to buy it or not because it could be expensive or it could be hard to get. So you want to test it out before you spend time and effort and money into looking for it. So if you try it out and if it's not working for you, then okay, uh, no harm done. But if it's one of those things where oh you love this uh, card and you don't want to spend any money on trying to get it, I mean that's one of those things where we, if that's the case, we all can build tier one commander decks by having proxies, and that's not fun. Yeah. So most probably, unless everyone agrees to have the proxies, then you shouldn't actually play proxies that much. Unless yeah. you want to have multiple decks for it, right? Yeah, I mean, like for, for me, said. for me, proxies are okay if you have the copy, but don't want to pull it out of your binder or something like that. I mean, that's my stance. Yeah, my st- my on uh, my stance, I think proxies should be okay if you first if you have the card, re- review the card to your playgroup, and maybe let's say if it's a rare, a cheap rare, and you proxy it, I'm not gonna let you do it. But if it's a more expensive rare, then yeah, I can understand that. And there are two types of proxies, do you know? Oh yeah. There, the first type is the proxies where they have they print out the art and on on a piece of cardboard and then they slide it into a magic uh, into a sleeve and use it, mm-hmm. which uh, has the feeling of a real magic card. While the other is just uh, writing it on a piece of paper and sliding it in. Yes. Um, some people have complained to me about proxies like that because they said, well. It affects the thickness of the uh, sleeve, and sometimes you can feel it, they can tell that the proxy is in the deck and mm. somewhat. But I do not think that's a really valid complaint. What do you think about that? Um, here's the thing. Uh, for me, when I do proxies, I go to mtgpress.com or uh, something like that. MT, uh, a proxy website. Yeah. So what does it? What the, what the website do is. Uh, you put in the card that you want it has the picture of it and you can print it out to scale you cut it on a piece of A4 paper usually the same paper that you use to print out your work project or whatever it is you cut it out you put it in and yeah 
it's not the same size. It's clearly a proxy, but it doesn't really affect the thickness, depending on the paper. And those kind of proxies I'm okay with. But there are some proxies, like you mentioned before, write down a piece of paper. Okay, this is soul ring, uh, with the cost, and so on, and then slide it in. So soul ring is general. Like it's, Everybody should know what soul ring does. Yeah. But if you put in something like... Something complicated like questing beast, some people don't actually see it played in EDH. Yeah, yeah. Mostly in standard, but not in EDH. Like it has a wall of text. Like it has three keywords, vigilance, depth, touch, haste. But some people are like, is it depth touch? Is it not trample? Maybe. And then it says, uh, this creature can be blocked by power two or less. And if it deals combat damage to the opponent, blah, blah, blah. It has a lot of text that most people can remember unless you're people who are experienced in and has a good memory. Yeah, but I mean, some, sometimes you kind of want to make sure, like, okay, um, when does this trigger? Does it trigger on the attack, on the damage or so on? But you don't remember. So you kind of need to have the text in front of you to remember and stuff. Yeah, true, true. So uh, I think in general, but proxies is mostly just against your it's with your playgroup. First, you have to own the card, and if you if your playgroup agrees with it, and if you can do a general card instead of cards that are aren't that widely known, you can use it on a piece of paper. But if it's something like that's not widely known, you should print it out. Yeah, all right. Or maybe just write down the effects on it as well. Yeah, but sometimes that can get annoying too. But that's a different. That's, that's preferences by then. Yeah, that's def- that's preference. Uh, different people with different preferences, of course. So yeah, I think that's all for the proxy thing. Am I right? Yeah. Uh, other than that, like, hmm, how how do I put this? Like, uh, it, it's not it's not really in proxy, but this comes into other languages card because when you have a Japanese card, like <laughs> questing beasts. You kind of Nihon. you kind of need to understand or want to know what it is. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Like, there's mostly personal preferences again. True, true. But we can agree that sometimes you can just check online. Yeah, about but the card. But to me, it's kind of taking time out of the game. That's that's correct. Yeah. That's correct. Maybe this. Maybe this. Um, have a proxy ready of the printed card or of the Japanese card you have, and then. When you play it, okay, guys, this is what it is. Okay, I mean sure. that that can work for me. I mean that's easy. And if the and if the player just remembers it, he can just keep. You can just ask the player as well. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes when you kind it's of tedious think, as yeah. well. But uh, I think that's all for proxies. Yeah. Uh, should we talk about altars? Ah, now, that's so, a different topic now. Kind of, yeah. I mean, it's not up. It's not proxy level, but it's kind of to a point where. It's borderline proxy. Yes, it's borderline proxy. But it's... So, for those that do not know what altars are, it's essentially cards that are in a different art. But it's drawn by people uh, that's not from wizards. Yeah, probably drawn by fans or artists and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, there's also altars of official artists. Yes. Uh, Sometimes maybe you go to official events, um, like from Channel Fireball events, or maybe a Magic GP, Magic... Uh, I don't know, but sometimes they will hire the artist there, and sometimes instead of just uh, signing it there, they will do an alter of your art. Let's say they at, at your request and you give him some cash, he would uh, maybe turn your Mikaeus into a Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that before. I've seen. I even seen a someone turn their uh, the the shark the shark partners. Uh, Bralin and yeah, this this new this yeah new. that's new. But I've seen someone like turn them into a Moana Moana <laughs> altar, which okay, is yeah. the guy who turned between Ma- Maui, yeah. the rock yeah, yeah Maui into a shark, and then they put the altar there. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, and like maybe sometimes people alter it to have a panorama, mm-hmm. but sometimes the there's a problem with altars, which is they turn the card too thick. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. First, first they turn the card to deck, which actually makes it very obvious in a sleep deck. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you think that um, we should allow altars? Now, altars of real cards, do, do, it, it still goes to the playgroup. Like, if the playgroup agrees with it and whatnot, 
I mean, if it's a soul ring done into something else, like maybe uh, the the one ring, something like that. Okay. I, I don't mind, I guess. But when it goes to something like, like, like a complicated card again, so sometimes when people do alters, they cover up the whole text to make it look really nice. And yeah, maybe for me, I still think that those kind of situations are a big headache to deal with. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, although I do like alters as mm-hmm. they can change the art of the card. Sometimes you play the card, sometimes you get bored of the card. But when you alter it, and then you like, you have more motivation to play with. Oh, yeah, true. I I remember this one site uh, I showed you before, and it deals with alters, but it's, but it's not, a sleeve. Yes, it is not drawing up on it, but it's a sleeve that you can slide it in, and it it adds or change the art. So I'm okay with that because it's a sleeve, so you can. Me too. Yeah, if if you don't like it, you can just pull it out, and, change the sleeve, yeah, back. yeah so on. Yeah, uh, I, I, I forgot what's the site. Like, it's called Alter Sleeve something? Uh, Alter Sleeves, yeah, I think so. I'll try and put it in the show notes. Sure. Uh, in the description so on. But yeah, those kind of things It's www.altersleeves.com. Yeah, so those are fun. Like, when, when you have those kind of things and you see, okay, let's just say you have your favorite commander, probably an Ekusar, yeah. and you want to spice it up. You don't really want to spend money on getting a judge foil. So you kind of see what's out there, True. and this these kind of things are cool. Like they cover it up, sorry, they cover no, they add stuff to it, but they don't cover up the rule text, parts. yeah, and so on. Uh, some don't, some do. Mm-hmm. Um, I just saw Liliana that they cover up the text, but we all mostly know what Liliana the Veil does: mm-hmm. sacrifice, draw, uh, discard. Each player discards a card, draw a uh, target. Play your sacrifice creature and then the sacrifice until you have six permanents. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. all. I mean, it depends on. It depends on the card. Yeah, it goes back to the point where if the play group agrees with it. Yeah. And um, there are a few alters that are much. They just increase the ratio. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's not increasing the ratio, but just making them borderless. Yeah. Like how Wizards doing now. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, wizards are doing a borderless cards, but sometimes these extend towards the bottom as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I don't know. Is alters are is alter a good thing? Mm, it depends on what kind of alters you are going for. For me, with the alter sleeve website, I'm cool with it because you are not really diminishing the price of the card by drawing on it. I mean, a good example is uh, the Sensei Divining Top you sold to me. Uh, you s- the price back then should $45. be... $45. Yeah, $45. But since it was signed by the artist... It depends on the person as well. Sometimes yeah. they think it's good to have to sign, but mm-hmm. sometimes people think that signing it makes it into a... You know, it diminishes the price dimin- as well. Yeah, diminish- diminishes the price. So, But there's a scenario there. Like, mag- magic cards in general... It's all about the quality of the card, how mint it is, uh, what's the quality of it, is it destroyed, uh, is it played and whatnot. That's why you have a grading system where, okay, this card has been lightly played. Near mint, yeah, near mint, mint, mint so heavily on. played, lightly played, as you said. I mean, damage and so on. So those, those kind of things are there for a reason. And yeah. if you have a near mint card, but, but it's, it's been signed. signed by the artist, so what does that do? Like, I, I during that time I think I sold you cheaper like 2.5 I think I, you sold it to me for 30 dollars $40 I think oh yeah 40 yeah. no I think I 100 yeah, ringgit 100 ringgit yes yeah because it's like 45 I multiply by 3 it would be like 140 yeah. but I chose not to yeah I remember that one yeah so it, now it all depends on the players I guess I mean in all honesty for me alters are cool X un- until to a point where if you can't understand the card and then if you're a guy that don't remember what it does uh, then you're screwed up then yeah I mean sometimes it's one of those commanders are easy like it's it's an easy card but certain times you want to be specific on what it does like okay um, 
usually when we play we shortcut things okay this guy attacks it hits okay I draw a card Yeah. so wait is it on the damage or is it on the swing so which one is it well yeah sometimes we don't remember whether or not it's at attack or combat damage or after it attacks yeah so it's one of those things where we play with a lot of shortcuts so we kind of want to make sure yeah. in some games yeah, yeah true so I think that's all for the altar topic Yep. So let's. Do we have any other topics you want to talk about? Well, for now, I want to hold my tongue until we next episode. Yeah, next episode because there's there's a spicy one I want to talk about because uh, I know it's, it's kind something of something that happens in our store. Yeah, it's let's just say it's too close to home right now. It's still hot. Yeah, so, so we're, we're gonna hold it for next week or more. So please uh, tune in next week. Mm-hmm. So. Let's talk about the combo today. Actually, I have a combo. All right. Uh, I have two combos. One is your squirrel combo. Okay, yeah. And the other one is a infinite combo as well. So, the squirrel combo, what was it again? Uh, it was with... Intruder Alarm. Intruder Alarm. Dryad Arbor. Uh, and... And Squirrel's Nest. Squirrel's Nest. Well, actually, it doesn't... Yeah. It doesn't even need to be Dryad Arbor. And Squirrel's Nest. It could be even the other card, like, let's say, Midnight Guard and... Oh, yeah, the, the Midnight Guard combo. The card the card that produces elves but we'll talk about the dry armor combo first mm-hmm. so uh, you wanna go? no you, you you go ahead okay so the combo goes as this uh, cast out intruder alarm and then uh, have dry armor on and then equip dry armor with squirrel's nest so now your land whenever you tap it you create a 1-1 squirrel but since intruder alarm is on board and a creature just came in you untap uh, Dryad Arbor because and, it's a creature yep and you and now you kind of do the loop of having thousands of creatures so where's the wincon you wonder well there Swinging. is not really there is a few there is a few one of the few combos that you can do if you splash with red playing Kermo? Fever Fever or Anger that allows it to have haste. oh that, that's one but was it Timo right the color Teamer, yes, yes, teamer. Sure. Anyway, um, if you have red, you could go for anger and uh, giving everything haste or even hammer for frost. Or maybe you have a canriff, you pay one red to give everything haste and trample. True. And then there's also uh, impact tremors or for frost himself. True, true. So there's that kind of combo that you can do. But if you're playing Simic like I am, there is one card that you could put in and that is uh, Altar of Dementia. Oh, you nail your opponents out. Yep. So Altar of Dementia, if I remember right, is a 3-cost co- artifact? It's a 2-mana artifact. Okay, so it's a 2-cost artifact. And the you can sacrifice a creature, target player, uh, mills the card, uh, mills the library, equal to the power of the sacrificed creatures. Mm. So it's a 1, so you'll be sacking about nine, 99 squirrels to mill somebody out and some people most probably I think when you have the combo you don't really have to be 99 maybe 60 maybe yeah, so 70 on. but it's quite hard for you to mill if opponents have a um, what do you call that again Emraku Ulamog mm-hmm. and maybe or maybe some Guy's the, Blessing some of the older uh, Eldrazi's yes. yeah but um you have to just keep going until that card is the last card. You just say, I mill you until your card, uh, your last card is Emrakul. <laughs> yeah. So basically, you'll be trying and trying and trying. Yeah, there is a chance. <laughs> I calculated the chat before. Uh, I'll put it in the show, I'll give it to Norman to put mm. in the show notes. But uh, continue. Any other uh, way to let this win immediately? So- there is the burn effect. Like, if you're playing red, uh, usually it's burn. So, uh, I remember there's an X cost card where you fireball. Okay. Pay X to deal X damage to target opponent or creatures and like that. Yeah. So, if you use an additional card like um, Alta... Uh, no, what was it again? Um, Phyrexian Alta? No, no. Uh, yes, Phyrexian Alta. Or maybe even Ashnos Alta. Yeah, Ashnos Alta. Um, for every so Ashnot Altar is a 3 cost artifact colorless colorless artifact 
cards, and it has the wording of whenever you sacrifice no, a creature. you sacrifice a creature as yes. a cost, and you get two uh, colorless mana to yes. your mana pool. My bad, yeah. So, like I mentioned before, Fireball is X and a red. You deal X damage to target creature or player. So you just use the Fireball to maybe do that much damage. Yes. Or maybe you can use an even better one, Jaya's Immolating Inferno. Mm-hmm. A legendary sorcery that says X and two uh red. It says X uh deals X damage to tar- three tar- up to three targets uh any targets actually. Three targets. So you just do it to your opponent and so on. Yeah. So maybe you make a ninety nine uh squirrels, <laughs> sacrifice ninety nine squirrels, deal maybe ninety nine damage to no, three. No, it's people. actually ninety nine times two because astronaut Altas gets to two hundred ninety eight. <laughs> But no, that's the thing. Um, with the combo itself, in Simic, it's kind of weak. It's not as strong as it can go. True. But if you put in red, or probably black, I, I think there's some black cards that kind of can do stuff with it. Sure. I don't remember any black cards, but there is actually a green enchantment there that gives uh, haste to all your creatures. And that is a Concordant Crossroads. Oh. It's a one-mana word enchantment that says all creatures have haste. Hmm? So if you have that enchantment, you can use it to give all your, all of your um, squirrels to have haste then. Hmm. What is the sorcery card that gives all your creatures infect and trample? Uh, Triumph of the Horse. Yes. So if you do have haste, or if, you, if your squirrels can attack you know, on the next turn, you could just do that. I mean, swinging for one ping of infect damage, that's cool. True. And if you have maybe a finale of Devastation, <laughs> you can give it X, uh, X equals to 10, maybe. If you sacrifice your Ashen's Altar, and then you can use it to find a whatever and give everything haste. Mm-hmm. So, there's a, there's a lot you can use. Yeah, the, the combo is versatile enough that you can play around with whatever thing you want uh, the squirrels itself is just kind of a meme but True. the outcome or whatever you can do with it is really awesome so I'm banking on that really yeah you can also play Cradle Behemoth oh yeah Cradle yeah it's in green yeah 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 I mean there is ways to get haste in green so it's there it's there so um, the second combo I'm going to be talking about is a combo that I plan on putting in my deck again which is a mono blue will Kenrith spell slingers mm-hmm. it's called it's the nexus of fate combo oh so um, first off you only need three cards mystical tutor um, and isochron scepter mm-hmm. and nexus of fate ah. so you just need uh, two uh-huh. cards in your hand then you can combo off <laughs> uh, the first thing is you need to put in uh, isochron scepter on the battlefield mm-hmm. then you imprint mystical tutor and then you just keep activating Mystical Tutor every turn, putting the Nexus of Fate on top, keep drawing the card, keep activating it, and keep having infinite turns. Now, people ask me, well, why do you do that? You can, it's, it's so tedious. And then I'm like, I do it because I can. I do it because I have a commander that allows me to draw card, more cards, mm-hmm. and I can win the game that way. But have you thought about getting the uh, miracle card that gives you extra turn? Uh, temporal mass, uh, yeah. temporal. Yes, but however, temporal only allows me to cast it once. And what happened to it? I, I don't really. It says know. uh, it's a five and two blue. It says it's a sorcery. It says take an extra turn after this one, exile temporal mastery, ah. and then it has a miracle one and a blue, which is a, essentially time walk if you can have it. But I do not. I I have the card in the deck, but I play it with I'd rather play Nexus of Fate because it's an instant and it allows me to shuffle it back into a library yeah, yeah, yeah. also or you can do and replace Nexus of Fate with a Beacon of Tomorrows although mm-hmm. Beacon of Tomorrows is much more expensive um, 6 and 2 blue mm-hmm. which is 8 mana Nexus of Fate 5 and 2 blue yeah. Oh, yeah, five, yeah but I have a something called Will Kenrith mm-hmm. in my as my commander so I use Will Kenrith I activate Will Kenrith to minus to uh, draw two cards and discounting my instant sorceries and planeswalker for two so I can keep using the um, mystical tutor then casting the putting the card on top again casting it again shuffle back activate it keep doing it over and over and over and over until I can find my win con until I can find my 
cards that I need to activate uh, Will Ken Riff or maybe even win the game on the mm -hmm. spot. So that's an infinite combo you can put in if you're mono blue, your Simic. Maybe you can put in your Simic guy as well. As long as there's blue, you can put that card in there. Yeah, I mean, but personally for me, I don't do extra turns because it's what. It, it, it depends on your playgroup yeah. as well, but I do it because if there are people who I do not like, <laughs> who always does stuff that doesn't just affect me, but affects my friends, I'll take out the deck, I'll play the deck, and I'll just win against him. Win. Yeah. And if he complains, I'm like, if you can do it, why can't I? And you yeah. hypocrite. True, true, true. But now, in person for me, I, I don't do extra turns because I used to do extra turns, but I don't do it now because it's kind of tedious when you don't have a win con ready. Yeah. Because if you have a win con ready and you need the extra turn, you know, to get the extra untapped full mana and you just have something to win, then I don't mind. But if you're just doing it like, oh, um, I get an extra turn. I got no idea. I just draw, play a land, and turn. My turn again, right? then it's kind of one of those cases where yeah you should be kicked <laughs> well I did it and you guys didn't kick me yet 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 <laughs> well anyway um, that's besides the point and those are some really interesting combos like I don't mind it like I just need to see how it goes like that is really strong that yeah. is really strong because I put okay one of my win cons is the in, enter the infinite combo mm. do you know that combo? Yes, I do, and I used to play it before. It's one of those combos that you kind of have in blue. Yeah, true. <laughs> if you if you have blue, you you will have ended the infinite combo. Yeah, but we'll keep that combo for the next session mm -hmm. for the next one. So, uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, you no. say you want to talk about this one, no? Or maybe later? No, I actually, it's just I I just showed oh, just it to you show for lols. But we can talk about it. So. We, let's talk about a card that is very funny. It's called bureauc uh, Bureaucracy. Yeah, uh, Bureaucracy. Bureau bureaucracy. Yeah. I forgot how it's pronounced. It's 3 and 2 blue. It's an enchantment card from Unglued. <laughs> now, why would we talk be talking about Unglued? Well, it's a funny card. Mm -hmm. So, it uh, has a very long rule text. So, we're going to have it on the screen right now. Uh, pursuant to section 3.1... Uh, four of Richard's rule of order. At the beginning of the upkeep of each participant in this game of the Magic the Gathering trademark training card game, hereafter known as player, that player performs all actions in the sequence of previously added actions, hereafter known as action queue, in the order those actions were added. Then as an, another action to the end of the action queue, all actions must be simply physical or verbal that a player can perform while sitting in the chair without jeopardizing the health and security of said player. When any player does not perform all the prescribed actions in the correct order, sacrifice bureaucracy, and said player discards their complement of cards in hand, hereafter known as hand. So, I looked at this card the whole night, last night, without sleep. I slept this morning for three hours and I finally figured it out at 6am what do you do? so what you, it actually does is when you ca after you cast it at the beginning of each player's upkeep that player has to first do an action let's see let's say I do this Kawabanga action for mm -hmm. the first player then the second player he has to follow the action and add his own action so maybe a Kawabanga and then a heart and then the third player he can he, can, he has to add on to it mm -hmm. And maybe let's say the third play he does the Kawabanga action but he forgot, forgets the hard action for this one and he does this. Uh -huh. He has to sacrifice... Uh, the player who owns bureaucracy has to dis sacrifice it and the player has to discard his entire hand. Yep. So it's basically you do these actions or you discard your hand. So um, basically it's a stupid card. Yep. And I think we can do a series where we look at the stupid cards yeah. from Unglued and the, uh, the, the unsets. The unsets. unsets yeah. The Maybe we can. Yeah. I, I like the idea. I like the idea. Yeah, but, we can, we but, can start next this from yeah. this week. Yeah, but you know what? Like, I, I'm seriously thinking of how to use this card, and I think you can use it in a Liliana based deck where uh, hand size matters. Where well, if, it's blue, not black. Yeah, so. you can mix with. Right? Yeah, I mean, true. Maybe a blue black discard deck. Yeah, I mean, it can work, but it will be silly. 
Yeah, true. Maybe it's, 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 there's a Chinese game called Qing Ni Geng Wo Zhe Yang Zuo. Like this is like you clap this, this, then you then you do an action or whatever yeah. and then the player has to continue doing yeah. it. I, I remember having a game where one of the players wanted to play with a uh, uncard and we, we say it was okay, it was cool. Oh, it was uh, the Surgeon General Commander, right? Oh, no, 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 no. This was uh, early on. Oh, early, early on. on, okay. And one of the cards was a red card and whenever, if I'm, if I'm remembering right, is whenever an opponent, or whenever he plays a spell, he needs to state the card sorry he needs to state what the cards gets in terms of ability so when you cast a, when he casts a spell he says lifelink okay and, and then what does he do no I think I don't think he I think every player that casts a spell he mm-hmm. needs to say um, an ability of, of of the card that the card will get so if you play a spell okay and then I say death touch the card will have death touch in its text and then so on and so on but you cannot repeat the same ability again so you can only use it once wow it's in red yes it is so dumb I know it's dumb but strong okay just imagine this um, it was a counter battle it's a counter battle I'm swinging you for huge damage I think and then you uh, toss it no not toss it um, heroes down for it okay and then I'll say I, I'll since you cast a spell, I'll say protection to black. <laughs> so, <laughs> if it were me, I would just say protection from everything. Yeah, I mean, but still, I you need to progenitor. This true, but you have you have to at the same time you have to remember whenever a card is cast, you need to add it on to the stack of skills that it has. So if you have protection from everything, <laughs> but it's dumb. I forgot the card thing. But it's well, we can. Uh, Continue talking about the card next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's so dumb. Ah, so uh, let's go on to our uh, final segment. Yeah, and final segment is the end step. Yeah, the end step. Like, yeah. what have you been doing? I mean, um, so what have you been doing, man? Uh, recently, I've been trying to start my own uh, channel, but it's just an MTG Arena channel. Mm. Yeah, I'm just trying trying it out, but I have a surprise for people who want who expect it. I it won't be me playing it. It'll still be me, but mm-hmm. not me. Ah, so you're going to be a VTuber. <laughs> not just that. Oh, it's going to be so surprising if you guys watch <laughs> right. it. Right. But you guys will be surprised. Not worry. Uh, what, have you, what about you? What have you been doing? Uh, for me personally, there's nothing related to magic. Or... You just bought Double Masters. Uh, true. Uh, I haven't cracked it yet. Well, so. Of course, it's not here yet. Yeah. I mean, by the time that this by the time that this is recording, uh, Double Masters is already out, but we haven't got our stock yet. Yeah, true. So, so in, yeah, I do. I did get that, but other than that, um, ah, nothing, man. Like no movies, no. Well, you I, can I, go try watch this new movie, Peninsula. It's yes. uh the Train to Busan movie. Ah, but the thing is, I need to watch Train to Busan first and. I never watched it. I haven't. Like, okay, I'm surprised now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But no, I, I think I've seen a series, uh, anime series before. Um, I, I enjoy it highly. And what anime is it? It's called there's 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 two now that I think of it. Uh, the series I'm watching now is called God of High School. Ah, oh, that uh, one. It's that was good. a that was good. fighting anime set in Korea. Yeah. So that's fun. Like. It's a Korean anime, yes. It's a Korean anime? I no, thought it was... It actually, it's a Korean-based uh, manhwa. manhwa. Ah, manhwa. So, yeah, that is fun. Uh, I've seen a few and I'm already a fan of it. Mm. The animation is really, really nice. good. But I, I'm waiting for it to drop because, as you know, uh, as anime goes on, the budget is not there, so they'll have to cheap up somewhere. True. And the other one was uh, Beastars. So that one was a lot of fun. Oh, B stars! Yeah, I, I can't wait to watch season two. That one should be—I don't know. There's no announcement on it, but I, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. So uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah. So remember, guys, to after you watch this video, please drop a like, uh, subscribe, and leave a comment for any other content you want to see. And please, uh, just even just like it. You can subscribe to just support us. Mm-hmm. Even if you do not like us, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, if you have any questions, concerns, or suggestions for the show, you can contact us 
at thegatewatchcast at gmail.com we have an email and other than that yeah do write down in the comments uh, like and so on because if you comment to us we'll reply and we'll well we'll see what we can do in the future if you have a suggestion for us type it down there and we'll try and cover it yeah sure so anyway uh, I can, that's about it Like yeah. I have been Norman Sanzo and I'm Wilson and we guys catch you next week with another fun episode of the Gatewatch guys see ya see ya